time I'm on my way I'm making it fame 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 Welcome to Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss joining us on our journey into the forest looking for the light we have actor John Piricello Ladies and gentlemen here's John John, welcome to Into the Woods. Oh, thanks, Stuart. What a what a pleasure it is to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you. Um, and thanks for the coffee. Oh, any whole time. French and roast. there'll be more. Yeah. Well, uh, Starbucks, if you're listening, I love your French roast, and that's what I serve. <laughs> so there you go. Always looking for new sponsors. You're right? open to sponsors. Is yeah. That what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be from Washington. Speaking of Washington. Yeah. Um. That's how we met, really, through the mm-hmm. fictitious town of Twin Peaks. Because John played Deputy Chad Broxford. Or, That's right. Hey, I got Have the Have you seen the show? One. I watched a few episodes, yeah. <laughs> the I've, ones you're in? Oh, well, and a few besides that. So. That's all I've seen. I've just... I've just watched the parts I'm in. I, you know, I fast forward through until I get to me. Oh, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Well, and you knew exactly where you'd be, as we all did, because mm-hmm. we all, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, David sent me a little email saying, okay, and at, uh, and at, at 14 minutes and 53 seconds of part five. You know, that's you. <laughs> there you he made it real easy for me. There you go. Huh. For me, it was a total mystery. Yeah. I mean, oh, I know it was for you too, wasn't it? I mean, actually, yeah. yeah. No, Nobody on that show knew anything. Nothing. I didn't and, even know what I was doing. Right. I didn't and, even know. I didn't even know the context in which I was doing things. Correct. It's, and it's great. It's the greatest. Yeah. And I must have seen you on the stages in Van Nuys coming in and out uh, because I certainly saw some of the other people that worked in the sheriff's office, but we didn't know each other at the time. We met a year ago, August, right, at uh, one of the cast dinners, I believe, at the, at the federal bar. It's, no. it's only been a year? Yeah, I believe it was uh, about a year ago in August Okay, at that dinner. Nice. And, uh, yeah, we met there. And as well, I met a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't really know who Sabrina was until that night. You mm. know, I remember seeing her on set, but, you know, I didn't really know what she did. I knew who Sabrina was because I had to hand her whatever scripts I was operating ah. off and so she could shred them. Well, there you go. Wow, <laughs> actually shred them. Yeah, they went into, oh, I didn't watch her shred them. I trust well, she yeah. did. But they went into, she put them into this... Uh, plastic bag that was in the production trailer and uh and then uh, i'm assuming they all got shredded wow well i never saw a script i never saw sides pages david well even much... the ones that i saw were completely redacted and uh there'd be just i saw no full scripts wow. and just even the scenes i was in were you know only what i needed to know and yeah. barely that actually not even what i needed to know what i needed to say you know that, that's about that all there was. That's it, yeah. Be. And uh, how much time were you, did you shoot on location in Washington State? Oh, yeah, State? most of it was up in Washington. We, um, uh, I think there was, I don't think I'm exaggerating if I say six, it was a five or six month drop between 
what I did in Washington, and I don't remember the dates and I don't remember yeah, the times, but fine. I mean, I went up there for whatever, a week or two, and did most of my stuff there. And then all of the stuff that's inside the, um, uh, the you know, the, the, the station, but like the jail stuff, all yeah. that jail stuff was, was down here on that stage. It was down here. In, yeah. uh, on the stage? The jail? You did the jail stuff on the stage? Yeah. Huh? They built it. They built that. Oh, okay. House. My jail cell scene was actually the Los Angeles Police Museum. In fact, everything there with... Uh, what? Yeah, with Matthew Lillard was at the... So when you like disappear yeah. from the... That's all. And Matthew, he's in the... Matthew is in another cell. Okay. Well, then they just completely recreated that, that scene because doesn't it look exactly the same? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I had no... See, you learn something new all the yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then likewise, plus uh, Robert told me they built that whole radio station and set up. Oh, wasn't that cool? Uh, kind of reminds me of this with your microphones hanging down like this in this sort of old fashioned way. Yeah, well, hey, and, uh, I'm an old school radio guy, so it's, it's really I cool. keep it as live and radio-like as possible. So did spontaneous. You, did you, uh, um, I was a DJ in college. Did you yeah. do that? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It, right here, in fact, at KPCC in Pasadena. What? Yeah. You yeah, worked back, for KPCC? I did. Well, I was a student DJ there. Still? So, yeah, absolutely. You were in the booth oh, on the mics? yeah. And I interned for Larry Mantle as well, what? who does air talk. What? Yeah, he was the program director. I imagine he still is. I Yeah, he's still there. Larry's yeah. still there. Oh, sure Larry's a great guy. I worked with Rod Foster back then and... I actually went to school, I went to work for the college, but in the film department, in the TV department. Mm. And then I worked at, uh, with, through the college at PCAC, which was the cable access channel in Pasadena, ran the mobile truck, which is owned by both the college and the uh, access which channel. Which college are we talking Pasadena about? City College. Pasadena I'm City sorry, College, PCC. okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, PCC, of course. Yeah. Oh, and that would right. have been for me late eighties into ninety ninety one, thereabouts. Now, and was KCRW happening back then? Oh, absolutely, yes. In okay. fact, KCRW was the competition the yeah, for yeah. local NPR affiliates. I have to find. I find though that I somehow I'm listening to KPCC uh, more. Yeah. I find myself on there more, especially like on the weekends, because they seem to kind of it gives me that vibe that college student like there'll be like a dj like late at night or something there'll oh, be a dj good. on there and they'll be playing music that i've never heard before and it kind of reminds me of that that time that's uh, kcrw great but yeah. they seem to be a little more kind of moving toward the yeah, whatever well, the national had, audience sort of thing sure and they had morning becomes eclectic right. and all those things Need way back and too. all that stuff yeah, yeah, yeah of course yeah um we played softball against the KCRW Oh, that's great. Guys. So they were like literally your competition. Yeah, I love it. yeah. We, we had fun. Probably. We had a lot of fun. We yeah. played there. We played at the, I think we played at PCC one time. We played in Santa Monica one time. Oh, that's cool. You know, so yeah, that was a good time back then. And uh, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, I learned a lot from Larry. Just I was his phone screener for a while before, maybe at the same time. So you decided who went on the air. Or you decided who got in line uh, to go on the air? Pretty much. But I also would screen or would meet his guests when they would come in. Uh. And Larry's rules I've, of interviewing, at least a couple of them, I'd like to think I adopted from Larry. Sure. And that's to never pre-question, pre-interview, mm -hmm. tell you what I'm going to ask you. 
And likewise, when I'm interviewed, I tell the host the same thing. Yeah. Please don't tell me what you're going to ask me. You know, or it's so great me. when somebody uh, calls that out. That yeah. that's like if you watch a late night talk show host or something, you watch Conan, or you I don't even know if that's on anymore, but whatever, like yeah, uh, Jimmy Conan, Kimmel or something yeah. or whatever, and you watch that and you see the the guests sort of go off script or something or call attention to the fact like the the best hosts can completely hide that element you know oh, yeah. uh, the fact that they've done it but sometimes it doesn't happen and they don't hide it and the person calls it out i just love that i love it that or when the host will be like well listen this is what we talked about in the hallway you know yeah, and they have yeah. to like admit <laughs> that it's structured you know exactly. it's the greatest i love that because that's you know that's I think, I think that's, uh, I think that's why I love improv so much, is because, you know, mistakes, you know, are the only real thing you'll ever hear. You know, yeah. it's the only real thing that ever happens is a that you can be sure, you know, is real is in in our work is a mistake. Right, right. and in radio there are no mistakes. Right, you know that, and I, I, I won't go on a tangent, but I saw Willem Dafoe yesterday mm-hmm. in uh, in this new film about uh, Van Gogh. Oh, yeah. I saw, and, I saw uh, the uh, trailer for that. Oh, what a film and what a performance. But Van He's Gogh's so thing was like, or it was uh, Gauguin who was telling him, there's no mistakes. Uh-huh. You, you put the pen or put the ink or, you know, that's right. paint in the wrong spot. It's not a mistake. You just built from there. Well, that's, yeah. You know? I mean, this is what I try to instill in my children, too. You know, my daughter's an artist. She's yeah. a painter. And, uh, and um, you know, when she was younger, she would just get really upset you know if she like screwed something up oh and i worked so hard on this and i tried to instill it and no that's where it was that's where it's supposed to go you know like your job is to make that have not been a mistake is to make that be you know and, may, and maybe maybe you follow the thread and it doesn't go you know somewhere so you start over but yeah. i'm just saying just because you did something that you didn't intend to do that can be the best thing that happens exactly. to your work you know likewise as a musician well any artist mm-hmm. right anybody any and the creative well yeah like know. if you hear the even if just if you hear the noise of the fingers on the fretboard or something you know and and uh i saw i saw uh, Lu, uh luciana um susa at uh at, at royce hall uh, the other night and she's just amazing a classical guitarist uh, i don't know what she she's does, a I'm brazilian sorry. jazz singer oh and terrific. she had an upright bass and a, and a and a guitar with her and ah. um and uh and that guitar player had it was this I had never seen this mic before. It was coming like from the body of the of the guitar and then it sort of snaked around to the front, so it seemed to be sort of miking the fretboard from about midway down. That's and I had never seen that before. And I thought, huh, that that's they are sort of mixing in all of the sound that's coming from there, including him moving his fingers and including, you know, all of that stuff. And so they're getting, and boy, you're in that big place. I don't know how many people are there, you know, at Royce, you know, a couple thousand or something, but uh, it's, it's, um, you know, however they did it, it just seems so present and the, the whatever mics and whatever mixing they did, it just really, I felt like I was standing right there. You know, I was whatever, probably four, sure. four was back, but it was just like, it, 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 it ama- it's an amazing accomplishment to me right. to be able to do that. It, it, well, you're also talking about a room, I imagine, Huge. where the acoustics are so good, mm-hmm. just built into the room. Yeah. You don't need a mic sometimes. I actually saw Andre Segovia 
perform at, uh, well, it was a master class at USC, and mm -hmm. I was just a guest. I wasn't in the master class, but it was an auditorium full. He didn't use a microphone. He didn't use anything on his guitar, and you heard every note. Not great. Oh, yeah, it was something else. I, I saw you too many, many years ago in San Jose, and, uh, and um, at one point, Bono, I mean, this is like a stadium. It was like staple center kind of place i don't remember what the place was called but it was like the san jose staple center yeah and um he at one point and we were pretty far back you know and he put his mic down and just started yet you know belting with no amplification and it was faint but you could hear him you could hear him. and there was wow. something very very powerful about that about yeah. like all of a sudden my consciousness was down there. We were connected much more than we had been a second ago, you know, like because oh, it was yeah. the reality of the situation. There he was, way down there on the stage. Yeah. It was amazing. That is amazing. Amazing <laughs> stuff. But anyway. Well, hey, let's. Blah, uh, blah, blah. Let's start the show. Sure. Why not? Why not? We'll, we'll get something going let's get here. Let's get the show going. <laughs> I want to ask you about one of the great writer directors of our time. Mm -hmm. And. Um, Many of them, but yeah. David Mamet. Yeah. Sounds like David Mamet was uh, a, a turning point for your career. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For, as for my uh, life as a human being. Oh, really? I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, please. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, oh, he's the greatest. I don't, even, I don't even know where to start, but I mean, he, he um, you know, our, our kids went to elementary school together and became oh, friends. Okay. And so he and I, uh, you know, became acquaintances at first. And I think in that, in that, um, period, uh, you know, cause you never, when, when you're, when you have, uh, uh, did your, did the microphone stop recording? Oh, no, no. I was just looking at levels. You're you looking at levels. To... All right. Um, which one's me? Um, well, we're just being mixed together. Oh, we're being mixed in together. In this view, in this view, okay. we're actually. So, if you oh, needed man, to go back, an editor. <laughs> Look at that. I'm trying not to cut here. I made it way too tight. Oh, I see. Let's see. Yeah, we're we're in about. So if 14 I get really minutes. close yeah, like yeah, this, and I go blah okay. blah 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 blah, then it's like really high. Well, no, no, I, I, oh, you should be able to give me a little. You can oh. scream a little. Yeah. See, you're not hitting any red. <laughs> You're in the yellow. I'm in the yellow. But that's where I want so you to yellow be. Means yellow means off, off key, I think yeah, is what no, yellow, yellow means. Yeah, there you go. No, yellow's good. Yellow's always good. Better yellow's than green always good. and much better than red. We you don't, don't want, want red. red. No red. We'd like to stay clear, clear green if we can. Yellow's okay. Yellow's good. Red is where we live. Yellow's where the headroom lives. That's know? right. So Okay. That's what I recall. Okay. Like I say, I'm old school here. Yeah. In fact, this has been really big challenge for me learning yeah. how to do all this in front of a desktop rather than an actual mixer and tape decks or you know going back to the 80s and 90s and sure you know but uh wang chung wang chung everybody wang chung tonight tonight if you can yeah. that's is that uh is that 80s i think it is yeah. um 80s for sure like um God. Joe Jackson is the Oh, my God. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. I saw him back. not that long ago. But let's... Uh, back to Mammoth. So, yeah. so, di so, so in the beginning, uh, our kids are friends. And, you know, when you're a... When you're a um, 
when you're at a school, your kids, the, the thing about, you don't have kids, is that right? No. So, so what happens is, <laughs> we'll, we'll get a call soon, <laughs> yeah. uh, right after this airs. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the, uh, is that your kids become friends with people and just almost invariably you, you don't get along with the parents or you're not, you know, it's a very no. kind of, you know, cursory sort of uh, relationship. Like, okay. Like for me, it was like, okay, are you going to, uh, allow my kid to walk out into the street and be molested or something, right? Like that would be that would be what I'm sizing you up for as a parent. And I wouldn't dare to dream beyond. I think you'll probably take care of my kid. You know, that would be the biggest thing. Yeah. So the idea that you would be friends with the kid's parents was highly unusual. And um, and you know, by the grace of God, I, 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 uh, I, you know, we became friends, our families became friends. Mm. And so, uh, so yeah, so he, so he, um, yeah. And he's, he's, uh, he's been like a big brother to me. I mean, he's, he's, um, kind of taught me to sit up straight and, <laughs> you know, uh, dress for success, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but the, the, um, there was a moment where, I was doing a play at the Law Studio in Los Angeles. I was doing a Horton Foot play, and um, and I was inviting everybody. And I thought, you know, oh man, I don't want David Mamet, you know, to come to my play. I mean, it's kind it's of a, that's a big ask, you yeah. know. I mean, and so I'm like, and then I decided, well, no, it would be weird if I didn't invite him because you know we're like friends now, yeah. so to speak, and. Uh, so I should probably, I didn't know them well, but I'd been in their home and I'd probably eaten with them. And, um, you know, so I thought it'd be weird if I didn't. So I did invite him. He came, uh, he and his wife, Rebecca came to the play. He wrote me a little note and sent it backstage. And, um, cause they had to leave. Their kid was sick. Mm. That same kid that is pals with my, my kid. Okay. Um, is that the Clara or what, what's his thought? Well, no, no, I don't my, know how many kids he has. I yeah, just, he's got four, but that—that's—that's oh, okay. that's, uh, no. His youngest is is um, friends with my oldest. I see. And so he—he okay. uh, uh, he wrote on a thing, you know, great job. We loved it, and and uh, so it kind of started from there. And then from there, he put me in a little sketch that he did for for um, uh, Funny or Die. And, uh, and then, and then he put me in Phil Spector, you know, Jeez. opposite Helen Mirren. And, you know, I'm not even, I'm not so sure HBO was down with it. You know, I think he had to kind of fight for me. Well, um, I didn't know who you were back then, but I remember watching the movie. Yeah. So I'll, now I'll, I'll be watching it again. You ready for more coffee? Oh, uh, no, I'm fine. I've had okay. enough coffee today. I'll drink water. All right. Hey, yeah. whatever you, you provided you. me with uh, Arrowhead. Yeah. A hey. local favorite. 100% mountain spring water. Yes. There we go. And I'll do anything I got to do. Cut my hair, shine my shoes. Keep on singing the blues if I can stay here. In Johnny's
Okay. You said you wanted me to do some bumpers. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you if you could, because just like David Mamet was a big get for you, I'm mm-hmm. sure, at mm. the time, or it seemed like, well, you're that guy for me. So, you know, if a you can put get. that equivalent, well, I mean, it, you know, you're the... <laughs> You're the celebrity among us, sir. Oh, but it's your you show, know. and I'm flattered well, to be here. Well, absolutely, and I'm so glad yeah. to have you. And what yeah. I mean is, when people know you're on my show, mm-hmm. hopefully they'll listen to my show and enjoy it, even well, if they don't know me. May they'll it, know may you. May it be so. May you be. May yeah. you be right about that. So we'll find out. But yeah, I sure. <laughs> I guess again, we will. Yeah, we'll see what the ratings are. <laughs> yeah, there you after go. What your star meter does Did after they, this? Or yeah, something, there you yeah. are. That's a good one. <laughs> These are all really important things. The star yes. meters. Oh and man, awards <laughs> and the Golden Globes. You know, I had very to stop. Important. For me, I had to stop looking at the star meter shortly after. Uh, well, probably early this year. Yeah. Because uh, I haven't really worked a whole bunch. Uh, since. It's such a load well, of crap. I'm going to tell you I'm right dying now. Up here. I'm dying well, up I'm here. telling you because oh, I sort I of got into is. that for a minute yeah. where I did pay attention to it sure. and I did think that it was like something important. And it is. It is absolutely like chasing windmills. It yeah. is, a, it is right. not based in anything. I have removed social media. All oh, social you? media from my phone. Oh, I didn't know that. So okay. every once in a while, I pop on there, like I'll get a message or something, and or someone will say, hey, you should go look at this. So every once in a while, I pop on there. But the point is, I basically stopped interacting on social media, yeah. and it didn't affect my star meter whatsoever. My star meter would go up and down, just like it does anyway. And, uh, you know, anyway, I, I just found that the headspace that it puts me in to think about that is not healthy it's not no, because no, at this right. point I, you know I, i'm i'm very very lucky to be working and i'm very very lucky very lucky to to be working on projects that are as good as the ones that i've gotten to work on i'm it's almost like i feel like i somehow cut in line and uh-huh. and, and then jumped the line and got to work with david lynch and david mamet and bill Hader and uh you know alec bergen so it's like it's like somehow somehow i you know somebody opened up a little door and I got to, and I got to go in. Well, and the point is, is that none of that crap serves me as an artist and actually serves, it serves only to distract me and to sort of take me out of my work and what I have to do to prepare for my work. It's nothing but a distraction. And I'm, I'm off on a, a tirade right now, but I'm just telling you all of that stuff, social media and, and star meters and even awards, all of those things, are no more or less important than they are. Yeah. And they certainly have nothing to do with the work, the conundrum is, the work that I have to do to potentially get one of those awards is those awards are actually in the way of me getting one and my, as best I can to sort of like remove myself from their very existence is the only chance that I might have to even get one. Yeah. It's the whole conundrum. So. So when you know, so I'm not speaking ill of them. I'm just saying they don't they don't serve me. And as an artist, I think that's the best way to look at it. I would I would hope. I mean, if you want to keep moving forward, it was. I mean, I'm I've, I'm so spoiled. Yeah. You know, it's going to be so difficult moving forward to have worked with those guys. I mean, those three. You know, like I mean, David Mamet, Pulitzer Prize winning playwright and uh you know incredible filmmaker and he's an amazing writer you know he's just written another couple of books he's written a couple of new plays and it's like that guy you know is where i started you know it is pretty incredible you know and then david lynch (laughs) 
I mean, Absolutely. give me a break. And yeah. then, and now when we move into comedy and it's at the very height of com, I mean, Alec Berg was, is, is Silicon Valley and he's Seinfeld and, uh, you oh, know, he, Bill, Bill Hader. Involved. Oh, well, let's, oh, yeah, let he's me a Seinfeld add, writer. Yeah. Let, so I'm just clear. saying like, like, so now we're moving into that realm and I don't yeah. know. You know, we're gonna do. You know what realm there is next that I'm gonna jump the line on. You know, God willing. But uh, well, let me you know. ask you about Barry. That's what we're talking about with Alec Berg. Barry is on HBO. Stars Bill Hader, Stephen Root, Henry Winkler, mm-hmm. John. Yeah, a fine supporting cast. Uh, written so well. I don't want to give too much away. It's brilliant. But, it's absolutely brilliant. And, yeah. you know, and so, so many times you, I read stuff and I, you know, that I'm going to do and I go, oh, I, I think it's all good, right? I always go, oh, this is good, yeah. you know. But that one I went, I, did, I dared to think, I think this actually might be special. I think this might be different yeah. than anything we've seen before. Yeah, so I mean, that far, was the thought I'd, that I had, you know, just a fan of watching the show. I mean, it had me hooked right away. But oh, good. Yeah, the twists are. But wait a minute, awesome. I'm not in the first one. So what do you uh, mean? No, that's right true. Away? But you're in seven out of eight, and that isn't bad. That's not bad. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good number. If you were a baseball player, you would yeah, be you, a god. That'd be good. Yeah, almost <laughs> batting five hundred. You know, I mean, seven out of eight. Enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, wait a minute, seven yeah. out of eight. Yeah, it's at least five hundred. <laughs> It's well, probably like six or seven. I suppose you're going to anyway. get to a thousand, really, you know, because no one's perfect. Mm-mm. They say I they made say a mistake, that, but once. why not shoot for it? You know? Yeah, exactly. Place to go. You know, somewhere to aim um, at. Joni Mitchell used to say, uh, or I've heard her say. I mean, well, she said it in Miles of Isles like 40 years ago. She said, "No one ever asked Van Gogh to paint a starry night again." Oh, yeah. You know, oh, and that's for really her. Good. So, like, when you're moving on, like, she didn't want to just keep singing the same song. She was moving into new arenas, new areas. Well, she's as important as Van Gogh, you know? I mean, she's. I uh, think so. Well, yeah, she is. I mean, she's one of those people that changed things. Right, absolutely. You know? and, and I think, to your point, I think that show is changing things. I yes. think Barry is changing things, much the way that Jonah, you know, there would, you know, there'd be no. Ricky Lee Jones, and there'd be no, you know, without Joni Mitchell, there'd be no, all of yeah. those, all of those, just, just the way that the music was produced, which, by the way, Larry Klein was her, uh, oh, yeah, was her, uh, friends, or Larry, yeah, bass player, producer, yeah, or? he, yeah, he just got nominated for another ga- Grammy, uh, well, what was that for? Uh, for this, for this latest, uh, for, uh, no, Lifetime Achievement, actually, so he didn't get nominated, lifetime he's gonna get a Lifetime Achievement, oh, yeah. well, that's great, yeah. well deserving, of course, yeah, I saw him play with Sean Colvin 20 mm-hmm. some odd years ago, and then Joni came up on stage, that was at oh, the wow. Wiltern, but yeah, what a, what a musician, fantastic, yeah. all those guys, wonderful guy, yeah, yeah, Stuart Smith, I think, was playing guitar with Sean at the Colvin at the time, He's like a Nashville cat. That's mm-hmm. Just whoa, great player. Yeah, she's great, yeah. Sean Colvin. Uh, she's a brilliant acoustic player. Yeah, she yeah. really is. Yeah. So yeah, I got to see her a few times back in the day. I've never set foot in the Wiltern. I bet it's oh, uh, but it's wonderful. Grand theater. Yeah, I'll yeah bet. it's beautiful. Beautiful theater. It's huge. Does it, is it going to live? Is the Royce and the Wiltern and these like theaters that are like this? Do they? What are their chances? You know, I forward? don't know. Do people appreciate that kind of thing? I, you know, well, if we start going, I know to where the arts are being uh, treated today, yeah. it's a whole other subject. Yeah. But those theaters, I've seen symphonies in those theaters. Mm-hmm. I've seen ballets, probably. Mm-hmm. 
they are designed for those things. And as a kid growing up in L.A., when we had arts and music's program, music programs, right. we went on field trips to these places. You know, I, I, I was playing the cello at eight years old in my elementary school band. Good for you. you. Know? Yeah, I mean, well, everybody had a chance. Mm-hmm. The cello was taller than me. I wanted to play bass, but I was too small to handle a bass. <laughs> you know? Now, is that because a friend of mine's kid plays bass? Yeah. And when he started, he's tall now. He's like, okay. you know, he's because he's 19. Uh, but uh, when he was a little guy and just started playing, I feel like he was small. I feel like. He kind of kind of reach up there to do it. But they, but they did they tell you, no, you can't do this. You need to move away. I think maybe it could be the reason that I got the cello or, or bass. Uh, it was cello, though. Hmm. I lived across the street from the elementary school. So I didn't have to carry it two blocks or three blocks. Like right. Some of the other kids that had to carry their violins, clarinets, flutes, you know, that's easy to handle, right? But even the bass, right? You could bass almost is just, huge. huge. You could have carried the bass across the street. Uh, they put probably a little, not. They put a little wheel on it them. It might have been a talent thing, too. I had none. You know? <laughs> they might have had a bass player that could keep time. I don't recall, you know? Interesting. So, you would have to keep time with the cello <laughs> as well. The, well, I know, but I mean, I wouldn't be part of the rhythm section as strong a part of the rhythm. Right. You know, That's and who true. could... What, what's eight-year-old is... Well, I shouldn't say what eight-year-old. We've seen brilliant sure. five-year-olds, you know. So, yeah, if you got it, you got it. Uh, you know, I had so, to learn it. I have just something funny. That, uh, uh, what is your opinion about this? Like, those child prodigies i mean you know mozart aside right like for the most part a lot of those videos that you go back and you see these kids on uh, america's got talent or whatever it is in these shows and you go these prodigal kids and then it doesn't then you never never see them again like for the most part i mean you know i'm sure there's some exceptions you know i'm sure that you know i mean uh what like you know i don't know uh, jody foster or something right oh, sort of well. you know made it from child actor yeah. to, to to great prominence in her field but but for the most part when these kids that almost you know the kind of kids that are done with college by the time they're 12 and yeah you know like like what happens to them when they get going too quickly i that's a good question i've pondered that with so many people because my theory and and i'm going to include elvis presley in this and michael jackson too were they were they well michael jackson certainly that's a good point actually he's uh, a great example yes um and the reason i'm saying this is i'm just going to say people that have this great success and great talent early before they've reached puberty Mm. Or as they're reaching puberty, or basically, it just fucks while their, their mind heads. is still being yeah. formed, you know? Yeah. It, look, it messes with them. Yeah. Um, it's not right. I won't go into this too far, but I was friends and roommates with Freddie Prinze, uh-huh. who, you know, rose to stardom in our Really hurry. quickly. That's right. Yeah. Um, he write, Chico and the Man, baby. Chico and the Man. Yeah. I read his pilot script. He's a great stand-up, too. He was a really, was. really good stand-up. Yeah. 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 Well, that's how he got it. Right. He'd never acted a day in his life. So we are now back to what I was saying before, yeah. which is the nature 
of that light, of that white light, of the star meter, and of the social media prominence, and of the f of fame. I mean, let's just yeah. say what we're talking about. We're talking about fame. Sure. So that, and I've had this conversation too, which is that I don't think there's anything positive. You're going to be able to find anecdotal things like, oh, I, I can walk into a restaurant and sit down anytime or whatever. You're going to be able to find little stupid anecdotal things where fame will help you. But I'm just saying in anything bigger than that, than some kind of superficial, you know, I, I didn't have to wait in line at Disneyland. Like other than that, fame serves no positive role in the world. Zero. Yeah. And, and, uh, and right now, you know, social media is like fame on steroids. Like, like all of a sudden, all of us are famous potentially. Like yeah. everybody, you know, you can film somebody tripping and falling and all of a sudden you've got millions of viewers and you're now famous and you walk around and people recognize you. And it's like to, and what have you, what have you done really even, right? I mean, I don't, I don't, good on them. I don't, I don't begrudge that person their, their, their success, yeah. but, but uh, I'm just saying fame itself is this, uh, I, I've not had anybody be able to explain to me how it's, you know, the, the, the usual answer is, oh, well, you, you won't have to audition so much anymore and, you, and your career will, will, and I'm like, really? I mean, but to, to what end? So in other words, so I'm famous now. I still, if I'm famous and I still am not good at what I do, I really, I have the same ceiling that I had before, right? The same limitations that I had before. If I'm an actor and I can only go so far and I'm not pushing myself as an artist, uh, that fame might get me into rooms. It might even get me on sets. It might even get me into movies just alone. But ultimately, you know, people are going to, people are going to, see through it you know they're going to yeah. see through the and they're going to say well we've had enough of that and now now you're at 180 degrees so now your fame is turned on its head and now you're even lower than you would have been anyway because you were famous so now yeah. now you're not only as low as you are but you're now low compared to what you were so you're even lower than you would have been anyway right and and so I, I i've uh you know forgive me for ranting but i've i've thought about this it's a fame fame it's like there's a you know even the even the notoriety it's a weird thing like even if i'm you know if like you and i are at the at the twin peaks festival yeah. or something and like you know like every once in a while i'm sure you would like look over and you would notice somebody just like staring at you right oh yeah and they would be looking over and it would be weird and it would be like you know and they'd be like that's the guy that fucking disappears and then you know whatever and it's uh. like that's is that him? are you sure that's him i don't know because it could be him i think it's him <laughs> you know and so there's that weird thing that's going on where you're kind of like this hunk of meat or whatever this oh, side yeah. of beef that is being sort of glared at really you're not being connected with and in fact if you lock eyes with them they might look away yeah. and so it's this weird so like a famous person like a really famous person that's their life all the time mm. and so how is that anything but in the way of like connecting and working and loving and you oh, know yeah. all of the things yeah. that we know are actually important it's not it's in the right. way of those things. it is in the way of those things and when you're younger and you become a cash cow. That's right. You're going to be used that way. Well, we, I mean. Thanks for bringing us back to the point. Yeah, I Stuart. Can. No, no, you did. Thank you. That's, um, you're exactly right. Yeah, I mean, I've got a friend now that actually worked with Jimi Hendrix towards mm -hmm. the end. 
And he's, he says Jimmy just couldn't tell. He was being pulled all the time, oh, and he all was, directions. From what I can see, he was just a really sensitive soul. Yeah. And, just a, you know. and he just had no time for himself right. at that point. Right. You know? And... Um, you and know. why do you think these stars go off to these like retreats, you know, and they oh, just do all this wacky yeah. shit and they get into, you know, wacky culty things, you know, because it's like, it's not normal. My mother, speaking of things like that, yeah. uh, my mom passed away a couple of years ago, but she went to uh, these farms in Takati down just past the border. I don't know. I don't want to like use in Baja. Yeah, Baja, wherever they'd be, like okay. spas and retreats. Oh, right, right, okay. I hate to call them fat farms. But, you know, <laughs> I see what you're kinda, dancing around yeah, now. Yeah, Are you calling you're... your mother fat? No, no. My <laughs> mother was never fat. She always looked great. Okay, good. But she did go there for, you know, respite, say. Yes. You know, Pleasantly Anthony Hopkins. Farms. She met Anthony Hopkins. Okay. There. That was the, the bottom line, kind of what you're talking about. And this was Now right. the story's important because now Anthony Hopkins yeah, is in it. Yeah, here we go. Well. It, your mother was not enough. He was going to quit acting. Yeah. He was down there. This was around the time he made Magic, which I loved with Anne Margaret. If you remember I that. Seen he it. plays Ventriloquist, who's definitely lost his marble. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, I'll and go Burgess watch that. Meredith, I believe, was in it too, um, playing the dummy. No, yeah, no, you know, I. Who's better than Anthony Hopkins for God's sake? Oh sense? my goodness, nobody's no. better than that. Yeah, guy. and this was uh, before he really became a big star here. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, I'm sure he'd already done all this masterful stage work. He'd sure. probably been in movies I just hadn't seen. Right, but Magic was the one that kind of got me. So he was down there, and he told my mom and their friends, you know, whoever, he was thinking about just leaving the acting business altogether at that point. I will tell yeah. you something. I, I will. This reminds me of myself, strangely enough. Um, and I will tell you that I went into the Barry audition. Yeah. And the first audition, I, uh, I fucked it up so bad. Like, too, I, I'd prepared. In fact, I'd had another pilot audition that morning. You know, I'd prepared for two for two pilots, wow. and uh, in the first one, I was so excited about the Barry one that the um, oh no, I'm sorry, that's for the callback. I'm screwing the story mm. up. So I had gone in for the audition. I had prepared for it in the normal way, and um, I uh, I went up on my lines about like two lines into it. I'm like, well, that's fucked up. All right, sorry. So I go back. You know, Sherry Thomas, the casting director, or you know head of the it's a bit when it's a big show like that it's not an assistant anymore it's like the casting director yeah. you're working with so in all of her years of experience and so she was like it's fine john just let's start over again so we start over again and i go up again and i just didn't know what the hell was going on and i looked at you know i mean it's if you know what's going on like i didn't prepare and then you're like all right well i get what you get what's coming to you and you don't prepare it's like no i prepared for this this doesn't make any sense and so i said to her i gotta go take a walk i gotta walk around uh, um, and I left the room and I went down to the end of the hallway and she's like, whatever you need, John. Yeah. And so I came, tell me when you want to come back. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll move on and you just come back in when you want. And so I came back in again and I just got through it in my mind. All I did was get through it in my mind. The only positive thing you could say about it is that I got all of the lines correct. And, uh, and I walked out of there absolutely i called my girlfriend and i was like i'm so fucking over acting i'm going to quit i hate this i'll never get this job in a million years uh 
I, I don't, I hate the way I feel right now. I'm absolutely miserable. This is soul crushingly awful. This meant a lot. I allowed this thing to mean something to me and I let it mean something to me. And that was my first mistake was fucking letting it mean something. Cause as soon as you, this means something to you, it gets taken away from you and then rips your heart out. And God damn it. I fucking hate this shit. And I think she was, she reminds, I don't remember hardly any of this conversation, but she reminds me, she's like, you said at one point you said, um, um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go back to being a waiter, and then I was like, oh, I can't even. I'm too old to be a waiter. I can't even be a waiter anymore. I can't do anything. Oh, now I am clipping, huh? Now no, I'm clipping. No, no, no. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, the but, screen, but the anyway, went dark. Go ahead. So go the ahead. point is, is that is that uh, you know from there, of course, the end of the story is is that I got a call back. And it's just like, it's like what Pacino says in Godfather 3, and then they pull you back yeah. in, you know? And it's like, <laughs> oh, man. So at that point, I had three days. I became single-minded. I did nothing but prepare for that callback. Nothing. I literally could say my lines backwards, you know, apropos oh, wow. of David Lynch. I, could, I, could go, I couldn't say the, the line itself backwards, yeah. but I could say in the order. I could, I could do them randomly. You could tell me a line, and I could tell you the other person's line before and after. Uh, so I never, I've never been more prepared. It was like three days of immersion. Mm -hmm. And I got in there and obviously did a good enough job that I got the job. I mean, one of the oh, producers yeah. said to me afterwards that she was like, um, she said, uh, and whatever, just to finish up the story. Mm -hmm. I, at the end of it, I finally let go of everything because on this one more, he said, Bill said, Look, let's do one more take of that last part. And so I went and did it, and I kind of went up on my lines. But instead of being horrified, I was, it, I was gleeful. I was like, I looked at, I was look, just like I'm looking at you right now, yeah. right into the eyes of Sherry Thomas. And I said to Sherry, I, you know, she looked at me like, oh, it's your line. And I was like, so comfortable. I've never been more comfortable in an audition. And I just started improvising. And then Bill Hader, who's, God love him, he just laughs and laughs. He's such a great laugher. Yeah. I just love him so much. He, he, uh, he's the best uh, ego boost that you could ever want oh, around awesome. because he awesome. just like, he laughs, man. And he laughs hard. And uh, so finished it up, walked out of there. And that's, that's how this thing works. Like just, just when I'm ready to just get the fuck out because it is killing me it's literally killing my soul the, the, the that happens and then it's the highest high that it could possibly be and i'm telling you here's what was driving me on that audition on that callback mm. my single thought had nothing to do with getting the job zero in fact i assumed that i wouldn't get the job i assumed that it would go to somebody more famous than me we're back to that i assumed that it would go to somebody with more experience than me because uh, it was a big role and uh so my only goal was to prove to Sherry Thomas, the, the, uh, the casting director, that she was not wrong for calling mm. me in. That was the only thing. So that I was thinking toward the future, like, okay, I'm not gonna get this job, but you're gonna go, okay, that was an anomaly when he came into the, for the audition. He's, he prepares and he knows what he's doing, so I will call him back again, and that's what drove me to go through it. And so that's then, great. you know, then I walked out of there just on top of the world, and that's the fucking ride that this is. I mean, that's from the lowest lows to where I'm Anthony Hopkins down in Mexico, yeah. ready to quit acting, to like I love this more than anything else that I've ever oh, done. Yeah. This is my this is this is where my soul lives, you know. Now me hearing that from you, um I think it's a great story. That's a brilliant story really about just 
not giving a fuck at that point, or you gave a fuck, but but you're saying, you know, that you just well, I went into my work, right? Like I prepared, which is what we do. Actors, most of what we do, the vast majority of what we do is prepare, right? And so, like, I went into my in I into the minutia of that of that element of it, you know, Mm, which is which is tangible to me. The other stuff I'm is gonna not. Say something after knowing you or mm. getting to know you a bit, then seeing you on Barry, mm. it seemed obvious to me. I don't know if I asked you this before, that you were improving going into a scene. There were a couple things I heard you say, huh. like when you were maybe in the pit, you know, detectives yeah. office. Oh, just like making, like talking to those other cops. Yeah. That was a funny thing. Yeah. I was like, what, they, were you? Well, yeah, but, okay. but I mean, but to me, cause to me it seemed weird because there's a, I don't want to get in trouble here, but, but, uh, there, there's, um, it's kind of known that if those guys who are extras, if they act, they're going to get paid more money. Hmm. And so they're going to go from being an extra to being, you know, a day player. And so there's, it's not, it's not as simple as that guy's there. You can talk to him, but we did, we did a take and I'm just looking at them and I'm going, so I said, I said, can I talk to them? It's weird to sit here and not talk to them. And they're like, sure. You know, okay, good. Now I have my permission. So then I just started talking to him. And you know, it's funny. It's funny that you would say that there was one joke that I thought of, which is probably a whole nother conversation we can have about my journey on, on Barry, which is, um, the idea of moving away from jokes, you know, and yeah. getting and getting deeper in, and and sort of the, the comedy is there because it's written by comedy's in the drama. It's all <laughs> it's all the way it's all the way there, and there's nothing I need to do to fix it. Yeah. And so, uh, just get smaller and smaller and smaller. That's that's what no matter what happens on Barry in the future, I've already I don't know, but I think if I if I learn nothing else on that show to get smaller and smaller and smaller is now even on, especially on comedy. Yeah. Like, like to me, I knew that I guess about drama, but, but with comedy, it's the same if the comedy's well written. And if you or if you try, it doesn't even have to be well written. If you trust the material, which I endeavor to do, and it didn't take any effort to trust that material, uh, you just get smaller and smaller and smaller. But remember there was one joke, there's one joke that I never had the balls to do because, yeah. and because I'm sitting there teetering on, trying to be in there and be present and not have it be about me, right? Have yeah. it be about like, like we're here together. So for me, the joke, all of a sudden, once a joke starts blaring in my mind, it becomes very loud and then it's sort of like, you know, what am I doing, right? I'm, I'm, I'm making a joke mm. instead of being present in the scene. So, but the joke that I thought would have been really funny would have been like, hey, have any of you guys seen my gun? And I just thought that was a fucking, and so the more I thought, I had that thought and it didn't say it. And then the more I thought about it, like when I was sitting there in, in, in subsequent takes, I was like, I can't say it. Did your thing shut no, off again? No, we're good. Let me just close this. You don't want to turn me no, off again? We're good. We're good. We're good. I will take that. I'm flattered that you don't want to turn me off, by no, the way. So thank all. you. Why would I? Then, I don't know, because I'm babbling. Well, let me ask you, um, okay, so we know there's some improv in Barry, at least a little bit. You're speaking Only a little extras. bit. By the way, By the way, uh, so much, you know, and people say that about, like, the Lynch stuff, too. They go, oh, my God, that was so brilliant that you put your hand up and did the cry thing. David Lynch just said do that. Yeah. He said to do. So th- your first assumption when you see me and Barry is that they wrote it, that they wrote it, that Alec and Bill came up with 
how it would go down that the director was involved, like assume that first. Some of the times it'll, it'll be something I did, but in that atmosphere, they had a, a very um, clear vision mm. of what they wanted. The writing was, the writing is, is almost verbatim. Every once in a while, there's a little powwow about like, what should we do here? And in, that, and in, that, in those scenarios, this is a few of them, I felt privileged to be collaborating, you know, we'd be sitting in a circle, well, she could say this, or what if she says this, or whatever, and that was, you know, that that really felt like a privilege to be well, able to, to, to collaborate with those guys. But yeah, most of, most of, you know, my, my opinion about improv is that it isn't even, it isn't even really about anything you ever say. It's, it's about being present in that moment, and being sort of truthful and present in that moment, and that's, that's kind of what improv is to me. And if I end up saying something, then that's just kind of extraneous, you know? That's, yeah. That just happens. Well, like but. I say, I noticed it basically at the head of a scene, mm -hmm. like maybe before the action really took place, but it seemed like after knowing you a bit, yeah. that that just came off the top of your head or something like that. Well, when we were rehearsing know? sometimes, we were rehearsing, I, I, I remember one time I, I, did, I did improvise something and Bill laughed so hard. And then when we were leaving the rehearsal, he said, now don't forget to do that when oh. we're shooting which incredibly flattering. I mean, that was kind of early on in the process of season one. And uh, I just remember thinking, oh wow, maybe I'm actually funny. Bill Hader is not only laughing at what I did, but, re but reminding me to do it when we shoot. That's almost like writing. <laughs> so that was a real vote of confidence. Yeah, yeah. it was sort of, I mean, you know, I said maybe that the one thing that I'm gonna learn to get smaller and smaller and smaller, I think it's, I think I'm now, I have some more confidence that maybe I'm funny right uh because you know it's one thing to be sort of funny in in your circle of friends or you know in an improv yeah. show or whatever and it's another thing to be funny up on that level oh, yeah. up on that big stage and then furthermore it's to 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 not to net to then not um take that too seriously well you're you working know? with such an accomplished cast um, they're amazing steven root um, unbelievable uh, i'm just gonna say that guy it doesn't matter what he does no. drama comedy in no. the middle he's he's the man at all of it he is unbelievable and i have had the privilege to go to watch him deconstruct scenes and get and watch his process and watch how he gets to places and wow. it's been like a you know, like a, a master class, you know, being able to watch him work and work with him and have his, oh, we did this great, you know, we're shooting season two right now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he did that. We had this great scene together. And, um, and I, I can tell you, I've never felt better, you know, than, than that scene that I did with him. Oh, I mean, there's cool. other ones we'll that were equal, but yeah, yeah. It was like, like, his generosity as an actor and his his uh presence and him him sort of like you know it's funny on the well i don't want to give anything away but anyway like that okay we'll, we'll, well that. let me ask you a couple <laughs> when is barry gonna air second season you sound like my mother there's well, just you know. no way to know that oh oh they haven't i, I don't you think, don't know a no, schedule yet or anything no. okay, hey, you can you fine. can you can uh and especially now i think that paradigm whatever paradigm there was before of being able to you know schedule out what you know what when things might air um even that's been 
I mean, think about when The Sopranos was on, and David Chase would be like, you'll get him when I'm done. Exactly. You know? yeah, let's go to Larry David. And Larry you David, know, you'll get him I'll when I'm done. i skip a season or two. And That's then, right. I'll skip know. him if I want, and you'll yeah. get him when I'm done. And I think it's kind of like that now, oh, okay. where you just don't know. Well, there's and I a built-in audience, right? I mean, at this yeah. point, and a lot They've of won new Emmys people will and come yeah, in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and not, I mean, we're talking about awards from whatever perspective but it is bill Hader and henry winkler that won two acting awards for barry henry winkler is uh he's a magical creature i don't even know what i don't even i mean i'm sure it sounds very obvious but i mean when i was a kid he was the fonz oh me too and he was the I mean, biggest well, we're around the same age so but yes he was just the biggest biggest deal you know to me was uh I mean, I was literally, it's not like um, I'm aware of his celebrity. I was a Fonzie guy. Like we weren't, I remember Davin Charlton down the street was able, his family was able to buy him the, the Fonzie jacket that like, you know, Kmart had for sale or whatever, right? Yeah. But we weren't, we didn't have enough money for, and uh, I just like wanted a Fonzie jacket so wow. bad. So anyway, the idea that not only would I get to work with him like I did in season one, I was in a scene and we kind of made eye contact for a second, you know, just to be around him and be in table reads with him was huge. You know, he's a he's just the most wonderful guy. He he, uh, you know what he said to me? He said um, when I told him that story that I told you about auditioning for Barry. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we're in a parking we were in a parking lot at uh, at Sony, and uh, you know, just the two of us like walking back to our cars, and um, and he heard that story and he said, "Well, it's the doubt that makes you an artist." The doubt. It's the doubt Ooh. that makes you an artist, which, you know, I, nobody's ever given me better advice than that. I mean, that, that stays with me. It doesn't, it doesn't make it easier. It doesn't make what I have to do easier, but at least I'm able to sort of talk myself down a little bit more effectively because I can just say, well, okay, this is part of it. This doubt is Henry Winkler said <laughs> so. This is so. This is just kind of part of the deal, and I just need to yeah. ride it out until it's not there anymore, and do my best to, you know. So that's like a huge little that gift that he gave me. Huge. So. And then this season for season two, I have this great scene with him, you know. Yeah. So far, you know, and uh, just a wonderful sitting two feet away from each other, and this, uh, uh, um, you know, Sarah Burns is a new, new uh, actor on the show and she's oh, really? just okay. fucking amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing improviser, amazing actor. Yeah. Sarah Burns. And, um, she, uh, so she, the three of us are in there just in tight quarters doing this. It, great what thing. is her role? If I may ask. She's a, she's, she's a new addition to the, uh, to the police station. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Real good. Yeah. Well, we don't want to go any further. No. John and I both, had to keep Twin Peaks a secret. Was that stunning? Yeah. For I don't how know long? that we'll, we'll ever <laughs> go through something like that again. Oof. It was like we, we couldn't even remember. There was a whole period of time where we couldn't even say that we were working on it. Correct. For me, there was a whole oh, period no, for everyone. Right for everyone. everyone. So, so there was a whole period where you couldn't even say you were on it, and then something got released on social media that gave a list of the cast members before the show aired. Before the show, yeah. at which point we could say, okay, that's true. I am. I did work on it, but nothing else. You couldn't say your your character was, how many episodes. We didn't even know how many episodes. Right. We couldn't talk about something you didn't know. Well, when you want to talk about doubt and, uh, no, I've always had that. Yeah. You know, lots of it, I suppose. Well, then um, you must be an artist. I guess. But, uh, wow. 
the evening the Twin Peaks premiered, mm-hmm. May 17th, right? Mm. I believe. Yeah. Two, that's 2017. Right. Mm-hmm. I had no idea if I was going to make the cut. Oh, sure. I was an uncredited background actor, mm-hmm. you know, extra in that show. So I had no idea. Are you I'd, still? I never received credit for that. So. Really? You're not listed in the in the, on IMDb? No, I'm not. Well, not credited. I'm listed. In, in fact, in parentheses, it says uncredited Black Lodge Woodsman. But when the when the when the when it goes up, when the um, cast rolls up at the end of the of never. the of the part, it doesn't. Not once, never. Huh? And because. We had no credits. Mm. That would be most of the woodsmen, other than Robert Broski, sure. you know, who was upgraded. So um, Christian's not credited? No, he's not. Oh, interesting. No. And, um, yeah, so it was like, oh, because we weren't credited, yeah. we were never put on that role the first time. Mm-hmm. No one knew anything about the woodsmen right, or of the course. actors that played them. You know, until they saw me on the screen and no one knew who I was. And again, I didn't get credit and it wasn't called a woodsman yet. Right. So it was all mystery. What is what is Robert called? In the uh, he's called the woodsman. The yeah, woodsman. A woodsman. Woodsman. Yeah. And part eight where, you know, when he got his first credit. Part eight, man. How about part eight? Oh, good gracious. Yes. Uh, amazing artistry in that one. And uh, Unbelievable. to say the very least. But yeah. again, I, I'm kind of looking, well, you know, I look at things like we're moving forward. Look, without Twin Peaks, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. I mean, even... It seems unlikely. Yeah, it would be fairly unlikely. I'd been in... I'd but you're like a, a nice person. If I... If well, I we met on the street, yeah. If I met on the street, I would... I would I would get a good sense about yeah, you. Yeah, and I, looking at the way you're dressed, I'd offer you a <laughs> cup of coffee or a dollar or two, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. And I'd be grateful and I'd hey. say thank you. And that's all I'd be asking for. Oh, I love it. I love it. Just get away. Yeah. He smells weird. It's yeah, time to get out of go. here. <laughs> there you go. Um, anyway, um, oh, yeah. I, as far as what you were talking about, how extras can't talk, you can't talk to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done background work only since the, well, the last episode of I'm Dying Up Here. I worked on that show for two seasons. There's a lot of parallels to what oh, you've been the, uh, talking about. It was yeah. about the early comedy yeah, yeah, the comedy scene, scene in the yeah. 70s, comedy store. Mitzi Tonight Shore show. and like all exactly. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I Isn't, was, uh, what's her face from um, Vermont? Um, well, Ari Grainer. No, no, the woman that runs the, the club. Melissa Leo. Melissa Leo, yeah. Oh, I yeah, loved yeah. working with Melissa Leo. Oh, she's the best. Absolutely. Oh, my God. And the fighter? Are you kidding me? Oh, hey, Are you look. kidding me? He was... He's like, was, you owe me $20. Yeah. She says to one of her daughters, and you owe me $20. And I was like, oh, my God. She's li- she's listed as being from Vermont. Like uh, me, but, Yeah, I think she is. Yeah. In fact, she drives a Subaru. Yeah, is that's it a right. Subaru? Or a Saab, probably. It's one no, of those two. No, no, no. She used to pull up in... I think it might have been an Outback. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. But hey, that was like being in a master class every day I was with her. She's so great. And she's amazing. Well, you'd hear an accent coming from some part of the room. Could right. Could be Russian, could be yeah. a, a variety of things. And you turn around and you'd see Melissa. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I actually, her. while we were working on the show, I, I watched her in All the Way with Brian Cranston playing LBJ. Uh-huh. She was Lady Bird. Right. I didn't know that she was in it yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I didn't. Re- I was watching it 20 minutes and then realizing, wait a minute, I just worked with her last night. 20 minutes before I realized it was her. She just, she's know? she's the real deal. She absolutely disappears in what she's doing. She has. That's that's what I would want for a career. I I, I would I would want what she has. Yeah. And I'm sure that uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins would want that too if he could. You know, he's probably he's he's in some other realm now. But Melissa is gonna work forever. You know, like Helen Mirren or whatever, she'll work. Yeah. Uh, you know, until she's a hundred years old, and uh, and she, you will. Most most people outside of our thing don't know her name. True. And uh, Academy are, Award winner, by Academy the way. Award winner, but uh, that allows her to be a character actor and to disappear into roles and to have a longevity of career and to have and to not be have that weird fame thing, right? Yeah. Not have that carry the movie thing, That's not true. have that big thing not on your shoulders star. beyond not a movie star, yeah. even though she is a movie star. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But I'm just saying it's it's she is able to that's what you want. You want what Melissa has. Yeah. You know, and that she's gets better and better with every job mm. that she does. You, you'll never see her coasting. You'll never see a, a frame where she's not in it. And, uh, and she's going to work forever because she's great. I'll tell you what. She's also demanding in a good way. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, I mean, I've seen her, you know, get a little upset here and there. I won't go into that too much. But it's always about an actor who's inconsistent from mm-hmm. take to take. Mm-hmm. Who maybe was a bartender whose marks is here to put a drink down, but then he puts it in another spot. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, maybe it got by the director, but these things didn't get by Melissa. Details. I watched, details, I watched Pacino details. do that. It was it was mind blowing to me. I watched Pacino do exactly that, where he came out and the cameras were set up and everything was ready to go, and he was like, "Wait a minute, we weren't here. We were we were over here." And I was like, "Jesus Christ, that is with all he's got going on in his head, he's carrying this movie." Yeah. And they went and looked, and they were like, "He was right. They were like a foot off or something, yeah. you know." And. Uh, you know, that level of, I mean, to your point, I mean, to be at the level that she's at and then on top of that, I mean, maybe that's how you get to that level, right? Is that you're, you're so in it that you, you know, I mean, I, I feel like if I, you know, I'm staring at your desk right now with the mm-hmm. things that are on your desk and, you know, if we, if we were in here for a couple hours, I feel like I could probably re place those things on your desk pretty close to what they are now you know well, that's cool if you go i mean couldn't you <laughs> if you stared at it for if yeah, you're over yeah, and over yeah. again if i'm looking at it in that light yeah and and things are here pretty randomly although they kind of have places so mm-hmm. they're not that random actually it's kind of i actually you, there's a method to your madness this. yeah <laughs> some thought <laughs> <laughs> i remember when i was a kid once my mom uh my mom was like, your room is such a mess. What is wrong with you? Your room is such a mess. And I said, well, name something that I own. And she said, you know, whatever, you're a teddy bear. And I went and like lifted up a blanket and like, here it is, you know, <laughs> and just like, I knew where everything you was. You knew where it was. Sure. It, yeah, looked like, it looks all... like a mess to you. To you, it looks like a mess. I wish I could say I knew where everything was. Oh, man. I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you know where everything is in this room. Oh, I've spent, sometimes I'll spend so much wasted time looking for something although whenever i'm looking for something it's always in the last place i looked look at your fan art that's unbelievable oh, thank you yeah uh, john's look, uh looking at a few of the things that have been sent to me from fans they mailed you 
That is yeah. amazing, Stuart. Yeah, well... Beautiful. Uh, I'm quite humbled by all of it, you know. He's actually seeing a pen and ink by Ryan Carr, mm-hmm. artist out of Ventura. Uh, the painting beside it is from Mark Zandi. He lives in North Bend. He okay. probably watched you filming. Okay. I wouldn't doubt it at all. And then the third one over is from uh, Vinny Gadera, who's an oh, artist, Vinny, yeah, musician. Yeah. You we, met Vinny. we know Vinny. Yeah, yeah, he comes yeah. to the, the fest. Yes. Yeah, and totally. he lives up in Sacramento, I believe, or that area, generally. So. Yeah, and he yeah was, hey, this has been the most flattering thing. I've got a... There's actually a sculpture. I think you may have seen the sculpture at one of the Comic Cons. I brought it to Long Beach. What are those shoes? Uh, the shoes actually have my eyes in them. Uh, my friend Tom Your Wright. What? Yeah, pictures of my eyes are in the front of those shoes. So, you know. wait, so that's all. That's all one piece of work there. The shoes and the and the statue. No, in the no, no. Oh, separate, those are two things separate. separate. Okay. And and full disclosure, the the sculpture, all the art you see in here, I had no nothing to do with any of it. The shoes, and now there's actually kind of an outfit. Um, a friend, uh, a new friend, a guy named Tom Wright, uh, artist, a, a wonderful artist, Tom Wright. Tom E, middle initial E, W-R-I-G-H-T. He's been in some exhibits lately, art galleries and such. But he's had an illustrious career. Sure. Um, He asked me to get him like some white sneakers, white overalls, and a white hoodie because he wanted to just do his thing with them. So I happen to have those new, those shoes are some new balance shoes I just never liked at all. They never really fit me well. So, uh, is it like when you're a little baby and they dip your shoes? And is it like that that kind of thing? I could wear them. I could wear them. Seriously? Oh yeah. I mean, they're twelve and a half. Do you wear twelve and a half? You can wear them. (laughs) John, yeah, go ahead. Sure. I've never. I I might have put them on for a picture when we when he first did them, but I won't touch the laces or anything else just because they've got layers of art. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm holding yeah. them very, very carefully just by the edges of the, uh, of the bottom. Oh, my yeah, God. These are, those see. are your eyes. Yeah. He took a photo. These are amazing. Something from my eyes. and uh, Absolutely amazing. Yeah. For anyone that doesn't know me from Twin Peaks, and I would imagine a lot of people don't know who I am from Twin Peaks, it was my eyes that were held really wide open mm-hmm. in the opening scenes that I was in. Right. Or opening scene. And he probably said say. that to you, right? Like, bug your no, eyes out. No, he didn't, actually. That oh, was, nice. That was one of my, uh, nice, my contributions. Um, Here's the thing. This guy yeah. made this beautiful art and then gave it to you. Yes, yes, yes. See, well, the, to me, that's, the, that's, that's what I'm shooting for. I want to be, I want, I'm, my goal is to be in league with this guy. What's his name again? Tom Wright. Tom Wright. So with Tom Wright, Tom Wright to me is, uh, n- you know, no one, who's going to see this? It's in your bedroom, you know, over on yeah. your, you know, I get to see it. So it's like, there's a little lizard on there. This is an absolutely magnificent piece of art that he bit, he must have, God knows how long he took making it and then mm-hmm. gave it to you. Yeah. And it just, you know, 
No money, no well, recognition. Well, well, I don't want to quite go that far with Tom. Tom is a professional, um, but we are friends, so I do something for him. He does something for me. Okay, well, he there you go. He came up with the concept. Uh, I don't know if you saw a shirt I made a little bit ago, a while ago, where I'm kind of poking oh, my yeah. head through some hedges. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was Tom's idea. Nice. Uh, yeah, he, you are very. You have like you have seized the day on this <laughs> Twin Peaks thing. Hey, you yeah. and and Robert and Christian. I'm 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 uh, humbled by your by your uh, seizing this moment. You know, in a way that I just you know don't. Uh, well, but, uh, I think it's God. It just looks so different from the other side of the street, doesn't it? Yeah. Because I see somebody who was a principal actor in a David Lynch series. <laughs> that's you. Yeah. Who is now an actor on probably the biggest HBO series of this last year and hopefully the next years to come, next few years to come. Yeah. Um, that's what I see a guy who's on a Geico national commercial. Was. Was. Went two stuck. cycles. Okay. Well, you never know with those guys. No, that's true. Um, but just the same, uh, looking at your background, knowing that you've done voiceover work, knowing your improv background, I look at it like, man, this guy's there. You know, but when you a working, I, a working actor, that's I am the key. a working actor. Work, that's the key. That is true. I do work, and and I do have uh, a pension coming and health insurance, and uh, it's more than I'm, most. Of I'm, us. I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm blessed. I'm grateful. It's it's yeah. very true. Uh, I will say though, if you and I are at Bob's Big Boy yeah. with the crew, you know, with all the Twin Peaks people, like the things that Josh puts together, right? Yeah. And uh, we're all sitting there. There's no like, we're not at different ends of the table. There's not like a section for principal actors oh, and absolutely. actors with big eyes. You know, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, no, yeah, right. we don't, you know, it wouldn't even occur to any of us to separate each other in that way, right? Oh. We kind of have this thing that we all contributed to. Yeah. And that is what sustains, that is what remains, not the amount that somebody was in it or not in it or whatever. The fact that we all went through this thing together yeah. and here we are having burgers at Bob's Big Boy, yeah. you know, that's what's significant to me. And so that uh, once again, the common thread here is that that whole fame, you know, and recognition and the size of your part and how long is your trailer and how, you know, all of that stuff is just, I, I believe it is a, um, it's there to make you work harder to be an artist. It's there to distract you and to try to pull you away from, as with anything that I think is important, it's there to pull you away so that you work harder because it's that important. So to me, to me, I think of what I do as life and death because otherwise I would not stick with it the way that I do. You know, if it weren't life and death, I have to treat it that important. Uh, so all, so this whole game or whatever this is that we're living right now, I believe that's an important element of it is that we are we are pulled away from we are distracted by these shiny things these oh, worldly gigs always, all the always. time because yeah. and the more the deeper you get in it that's why you end up walking down Sunset Boulevard in your underwear with a handgun because yeah. it's crazy making that stuff is not 
real. And that's why I cannot fathom what it's like once you get up to Melissa's level or then yeah. get up to, you know, Martin Lawrence. I think I was referring to Martin Lawrence mm. just now, but maybe, maybe not. So when you're an artist and when all of a sudden you are in, you are on the billboards and in that fame thing, it's harder and harder and harder to, to, to remain the, being the artist, that's why you have to. That's why Dave Chappelle leaves. He walks away from $50 million because that guy is on a different level. He is, he is uh, answering to uh, a different muse yeah. than, than fame. He is, he, is, uh, he is true to himself, right? And that is the hardest thing, I think, to do for all of us, for you, for me. It doesn't, that's why it doesn't make any sense to me to parse out how many episodes I was in or how many yeah. parts. I think David doesn't like to say episodes, yeah, but right. uh, how many parts we were in, because yeah. it's one movie to him, right? And, um, you know, or what other shows I'm on. I'm, I'm grateful to have those opportunities, but in terms of what you and I do, none of that stuff matters. Not at all. It's just in the way. Like yeah. the, the, that bright light of those things, it, you know. It, I mean, think about it. Like when you see Barry, that I, what you see has almost nothing to do with my experience of it, right? My experience of it is wholly what went before that, like making it, like mm. being on the set and, and auditioning oh, and yeah. being in the, in the parking lot with Henry Winkler and, you know, you know all of these things or what that show is to me. And then sure. to, to you, it's something different. And that's, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. But like what plays on HBO has almost nothing to do with my, I almost don't even, I can't even see myself in it, right? Like I see myself in it and it's, it's a distraction. It's mm. sort of like I can, I'm pulled out of the show for a second, right? That's interesting. Well, you know, every actor's different, right? Every yeah. performer's different. John Lennon didn't like the sound of his voice. That's right. You know? That's I exactly mean, right. Um, I don't like to go and look at, uh, I don't like to see, every once in a while I'll have to go over and ask them to sh do a replay of something because I wasn't sure about you know the framing of it or there's yeah. some the timing of it or something and i dread having to do that because my ego wants me to go look at every one were you good were you good were you good you know that's my ego talking but but really the bigger the higher voice is like just there's other people who are in charge of that yeah if it was not good there's layers of people who are going to say something exactly. and then the director will get back to you and let you know that you need to go it again it's not your job right it's not your job to to know what just happened yeah you just give it the best you can that's right and, you know considering that most of what i've done in in TV and film is background and it's all about reacting to me and I've been to one of your improv classes, a couple of, a few of them now, actually. Thank you. Uh, but to me, being a good background is all about reaction time. And it's all about improv. No one ever hands me a script or no. sides. Rarely do they even tell you what the scene's going to be Which about. Which is why almost always background ruins uh, movies because your presence and you being there and present, you cannot make up for the fact that there's three people around you that are trying to inch their way into the scene ah, and trying well, to yes. like, you know, get making eye contact with the camera oh, or whatever yeah. it God is. Almighty. There's nothing you can Seen do about all. that. <laughs> and and it's sort of set up and, and once again it's that fame thing. But the fame thing is drawing people that are not really this is not a calling for them for some for some of these people, right? You you you'll you'll 
it's a mixed bag, right? Yeah. People, there's people there oh, that are trying to go to absolutely. be actors, and there's people that are that's trying to get seen and trying oh, to have yeah. hits and, and trying to have whatever. Uh, I gotta say, I mean, I, I'm friends with a lot of people in the background community. It's like a social club, and it's fun, mm-hmm. and uh, you see the same people on a lot of jobs. I know some people of retirement age and such. They, they don't do it for the money. They right. don't even want to be in the union. I mean, they really just want to work all the time to be on a set, visit their friends, that's and that's great. great. I mean, it's, the there's no place else like a set, no place right? Out, no place like it. So, uh, and even that is a distraction because even that is sort of like when I'm on a set, it's like I would rather be at the party than be doing my work, right? I yeah. would be, ra- you know... A couple of times it's happened where like I'll, you know, I'll all of a sudden be talking to somebody or like a PA wants to talk to me and, you know, you, okay, we're having a conversation now. And then after about a couple of minutes, I realize, okay, my head is getting pulled out of the thing that I have to do exactly. and I need to like gracefully remove myself from the situation oh, and, yeah. uh, and get back to what I'm doing. At the same time, I don't, you know, who am I? I'm not placing myself above that person. I just have a job to do. He, he or she obviously can afford to do that in that moment and still get their job done and me not so much you know i'm gonna say it takes a little while to learn that etiquette yeah to kind of the the procedure and what an actor is actually going through when they walk on that set yeah and it's uh, a balancing act yeah i think the first thing first thing i worked background in was staying alive you know oh really yeah yeah the the sequel yeah the sequel to saturday night fever and I didn't know, and like I said, I'd already been friends with these folks, hung out at the comedy store and backstage at the Tonight Show, for that matter. Right. So, oops, Travolta, Stallone, I mean, what did I care, you know? That's I mean, great. Yeah, but I didn't know the etiquette, and I, and I was in various scenes, so I would, like, maybe say something to Travolta between takes and notice this well here's Very the thing there's not there's place. not an etiquette i don't know that there is a, i mean to me i equate hierarchy. it to How's that? i don't even think it is a hierarchy i just think that it is like just as i need to be respectful of what a pa is doing or what yeah. a, what a grip is doing you know certainly you know what the dp is doing and like i, I need to be respectful of their job and not do something that takes them away from what they're doing right, they right. would they would be the same but there's no hierarchy i think it's I don't for feel background. It. I don't it, feel it, and and, and 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 it may be there, but I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't acknowledge it. I don't, I don't. Uh, to, to me, to me, a background actor has a job to do. I have a job to do. Oh, yeah. The grip has a job to do. Everybody has a job to do, and that to me is what is beautiful about what I do, and what I'm the most grateful for is that nowhere else in my life can that amount of people come together. And all, regardless of anything, regardless of their political leanings or their yeah. gender or their race or their socioeconomic whatever, it doesn't matter. Regard the age, it doesn't matter. Regardless of all of that stuff, all of these people are focused on one thing. Oh yeah. And all of the people have an equal, you know, generally speaking, have an equal commitment to that one thing, which is the show. Yeah, the movie, the whatever the it is, shot, the, the shot. One shot. Everybody has a commitment to that shot. So all of the bustling around in my preparation, and I'm here over here, and now I'm here, and now they're now they're putting makeup on me, and they're fixing my hair, and they're going to you know whatever in the background actors are all getting settled, and everybody, all of that stuff. Everybody's working toward action, 
you know, yes. and having that go as well as it possibly can. And that is absolutely beautiful to me. And so it does not serve me to parse out who's more important than, oh, than, look, than anybody I, else. I don't because mean it that every, way. Everybody's equally important to me. Exactly. And by the way, just for me, and it's selfish, I am, uh, and I know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not yeah. criticizing you. I'm just saying no, no, that no, for, no, I for me, I, I, I am, it does not serve me to think of it that way. Sure. And as soon as I start gravitating toward a thought like that, or like, oh, well, this is the line for food for extras. I'm not gonna. Oh, yeah. So my, my, right. my point being is that it does, okay. the, the real thing that we're there for is not served by the hierarchy. It's not served by it. It right. doesn't, it, you know, it may be there, but I don't acknowledge it. And I don't, and, I, and I'll wait for somebody else to come along and tell me that I, you know, I've had people pull me out of the, you know, line and say, you know, you need to jump the line. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking jump the line. You know, people are hungry. Everybody's equally hungry. See? My hunger is not more important. And they're like, the deal is, is that you need to be done eating. If you're not done eating in makeup and costume and ready to go and any spills on your fucking shirt that you got, you know, we have need time to take care of that, right. then then it holds the show up. And those are the words I need to hear. Okay, yeah, fuck it, yeah. it holds the show up, fine. Right. But just because I've jumped the line at that point, I haven't jumped the line because I'm more, more important, because my job, my job that I have to do might require that. Right, we're all on different schedules. All on different schedules, that's, here's, a, that's here's a good way to put it. Here's kind of where I was going. Yeah. When I first started doing background, or on a movie set, I didn't realize that there's a stand-in that comes in for the actor. And then the actor comes in and knows his lines, but hasn't necessarily walked from mark to mark uh -huh. or light to light. Right. And so they've got so much more than just dialogue mm -hmm. and interaction. That's right. That it, I don't want to distract that actor. And, uh, you know, so... Well, in, why would you? I mean, why would you even well, have to say I'm that? I'm saying I early mean, on, early on, I might have done that, not really realizing. And I, I see what you're saying. And uh, and there is a certain. I mean, who idea. who among us would purposely distract somebody? Well, yeah, you wouldn't. But do you, are you aware of how much they've got to be doing? I'll tell you where I learned scene. about what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Where I learned that was driving a cab. Mm. When I drove a cab, I you know I I am quite sure as a sort of recovering narcissist, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, which I probably am. Uh, I learned to read their mood do they want to talk do they not want to talk i let them set the tone mm. and so if they're a person that wants to talk I, I i don't say anything and then if they're talking to me then i'll talk back to them but i'll but even then i'll be like okay and now i'm going to be quiet because maybe they changed their mind maybe they don't want to be talking anymore they did and now they don't so there's a sort of a a sense you know a presence like that you kind of connect with that person and you defer you know, yeah. you defer to what they need. My job is to get you from point A to point B. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to get you to point B. So you are, my job is to get you there and it's not for me to like feel good about myself or to make you laugh or to, you know, yeah, or to, yeah. you know, somehow show you how impressive I am or whatever it is. I'm, I just need to get you there and have it feel safe and comfortable for you in the meantime. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. it. And that's, I did, I drove a cab for five years. And that's, yeah. where, that's where I learned that.
Yeah. Cool. If I've learned it. That's where I learned the idea of that. I hope I continue to work on that. Wow. Well, John, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, been looking forward to having you on this show. And from the minute I conceived of it or thought of actually doing it, so well, it's, it's been a, a, a boon it's an, for me. It's an honor. Well, it's it, the honor is all mine. Thank hey, you for well, having me on your show. Hey, well, I appreciate you being here. Believe me. Um, and then there's uh, obviously Barry. We don't have a, a schedule yet. A, sh- a schedule, but a schedule. Uh, schedule will be coming soon, I suppose. But it's like Johnny uh, Carson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's correct, sir. But uh, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even down now. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Oh, there, uh, Carson. Well, that'd be yeah. good. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so we know Barry will be back for a second season. And mm-hmm. John will be there. Yep. Don't know how many episodes. We don't care. But he will be there. <laughs> uh, tell us about anything else that we might be looking for you in. Uh, I, did a, I did an episode of AP Bio, uh, which is a network show with, um, with uh, Howerton, with Glenn Howerton and uh, Patton Oswalt. And, oh, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, okay. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. He's an amazing comic who, oh, I, yeah. when I was coming up in San Francisco, he was like the guy, like the comic, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. He cool. was He was honest. We could tell that he was going to be the superstar. But, uh, but uh, yeah, what a b- beautiful, uh, beautiful show. They, they treated me really well on there. That's good. What network would that be on? Do you know? I purposely didn't say it because I can't remember. Oh, uh, I well, think okay. it, I think it's ABC. Okay. Oh, so one of the well, one, yeah, of, the one of the lettered one of the lettered one networks. The it's lower awful. Letter. They don't remember. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's actually a funny show that um, that I uh, had was already a fan of. Oh, good. When uh, yeah, when Wendy O'Brien called me into audition for it. So well, God cool. bless Wendy Very O'Brien. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we'll be looking for that as well. And anyone that uh, hasn't seen the third season of Twin Peaks, uh, I know you can get it on Blu-ray, probably mm-hmm. Showtime On Demand. Blu-ray is so great, by the way. I highly recommend buying the Blu-ray. Yeah, it's, I would too. Right? I mean, yes. it's just an incredible print of it. The yeah. sound is amazing. Yep. Uh, and the extras. And, and, and the documentary. Eight hours yeah. of... Uh, do you remember that guy walking around? I do. I, do I saw him every time. Uh, yeah, every day Yeah, I was me there. too. Yeah. yeah. He was, uh, and didn't he have kind of like a German, he was sort of German uh, or something, or European yeah. somehow. If and who David knew? was there, he was there. That's right, it that's right. that yeah. simple. Had his little rig when he yeah. went around and was filming stuff. So Yeah, he talked to me a time or two, I mm-hmm. suppose, but uh, I'm barely in there. You see me a little bit, but I, no I, big deal. I, I highly cares? recommend that yeah. Blu-ray. That yes, Blu-ray absolutely. is really, really worth it. Yeah, it sure is. What I, I enjoyed certain aspects of it, uh, things that I was at that I wasn't necessarily aware of. Yeah, exactly. That's seeing, exactly right. Yeah, Same seeing thing. David like rehearsing mm-hmm. with Matthew Lillard and right. uh, oh, the gal's name that played his wife. Um, yeah, great uh, woman. I met her that yeah, night. I think I name? scared the shit out of her. Yeah, I was sitting reading before they brought me into the jail cell. Yeah, And I'm sitting, I'm reading, I'm just sitting in an empty room they're not using, but I'm in the full makeup and gear and all that. Right. And um, anyhow, she walked in, sees me in the dark and jumped. <laughs> literally jumped, you know. Well, I think <laughs> you I, probably had that effect on people. I God guess sakes. so. But I mean, I was just sitting innocently reading a book. But hey, David was, he just kind of let me be wherever I wanted to be as long as no one saw me outside, you know. So that was very nice. Okay, well, look, um, 
I want to thank you again. You're welcome. We'll be looking for you very, very soon. And next time you come in, we're going to play a little music together. Okay. We'll jam a little bit. Sure. Um, or you can, you know, if you have a symphony you want to perform, you know, I'll... Uh, Oh, good. Bring I'll, in a, I'll, the I'll L.A. Keep that Phil. In, I'll keep that in mind, yeah. Okay, or get John Williams I mean, I have about three you. or four symphonies. I'll have to decide which one okay. that I bring in. But, uh, you know, whichever one's the most ready Well, I'm good audience. with the key of B-flat okay. if anything yeah, starts Yeah, yeah, I got a couple there. of them in B-flat. Okay. Yeah. Then, then we're in. Yeah, good. We're in. Yeah. So, John, thank you very much. Best of luck to John Piricello and the cast of Barry on their recent nomination for a SAG Ensemble Award. Folks, I want to wish you all the merriest of Christmases and the happiest of New Year's. I also want to thank Michael O'Neill and Tom Wright and my wonderful band. Until next time, keep on smiling. I'm
listening to Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss, with Stuart Strauss and John Puricello, and I'll let you figure out who's who. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss. If you'd like to contact me, use at Stu Strauss. That's S-T-E-W-S-T-R-A-U-S-S, both on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, use my full name, S-T-E-W-A-R-T-S-T-R-A-U-S-S. To get to my website, just add a .net to that, and you're there. I hope that you've enjoyed this show enough to press the like button, and please subscribe.